No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Hello, I'm Rob Harper, and welcome to Right New Network's podcast, Right Now. I'm your host, and my guest today is Todd Benzman. Todd is a fellow with the Center for Immigration Studies. How are you, Todd? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for joining us. So, Todd, before we get into our conversation, just tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, what you do. Yeah, so I'm a senior national security fellow for the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, that uh, means that I think, write, and speak about all things immigration, border security, especially as it uh, has a nexus to national security. Um, prior to this, uh, I worked for uh, 10 years as an intelligence practitioner for the Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division. I worked on counterterrorism uh, intelligence for most of the last decade with all of our federal agencies. And then before that, I had a 23-year career as a newspaper journalist uh, for uh, large newspapers like the Dallas Morning News and Hearst. Uh, I'm still a recovering journalist. (laughs) Okay. So it seems as if your expertise is in immigration. So what can you tell us about the current crisis that we see at our border today? Well, so recently I um, have written quite a bit about the uh, migration of uh, individuals from what we call countries of special interest or special interest aliens. Uh, these are not Latinos, they're not Spanish speaking. Uh, They're mostly from uh, Arabic-speaking countries and also from Africa and Pakistan and Iran and places like that. And um, that particular kind of migration is a a unique national security uh, kind of threat because um, typically uh, individuals who are coming in from those uh, kinds of countries uh, arriving without any sort of identification, and we don't know whether they're the bad guys or the good guys. And some of them have been, uh, you know, connected to Islamic extremists. Um, so we, uh, I track that quite a bit. My most recent piece was about how um, we are seeing a massive surge in African migrants who are pouring in through uh, South America. Mostly, uh, they're coming into Ecuador, flying into Ecuador and then making their way through Colombia and Panama through what's called the Darien Gap jungle. Right. Uh, And so I've interviewed some people who have been there recently. I was there myself in December uh, meeting and tracking migrants and speaking with a lot of government officials about how how it all works there. So uh, now we're seeing a considerable surge of Africans who in the next month or two will be hitting our border from places like the Democratic Republic of Congo, 
the Republic of Congo, Ghana, Nigeria, Cameroon, and those kinds of places. Why are these people coming here? How are they getting here? And why don't we hear more about this? I do remember once when I was watching uh, Fox News and Laura Ingram was talking about Africans that were showing up in uh, Florida. So why, how, and where is the outrage? Well, I can't speak to the outrage, but I can, I, I can remind you and your listeners that uh, just a few months ago, the president was talking about this. Uh, he was the one who was saying that there were Middle Easterners uh, and potential terrorists who were coming in with the Honduran caravans. And the pushback uh, uh, for him saying that was just enormous. It was just uh, a furious controversy. Uh, he was challenged. Uh, he didn't really um, declassify the materials that he needed to declassify in order to prove what he was saying. So it just sort of got left like that. So uh, we haven't heard a whole lot more about that since the president was talking about it. But I will say that the president was accurate in what he was saying, that there is, in fact, this migration pattern uh, coming through right alongside with uh, Hondurans and El Salvadorans and uh, Mexicans and everybody else who's coming over that border. Um, there was outrage, but it was outrage that somebody would even say it that somebody would even say that. And it, what was funny is, not funny, but, uh, you know, in, in that, like, sort of ironic, funny way, um, I was actually in uh, Panama interviewing Iranians, Iraqis, Lebanese, Pakistanis, all on their way to the United States. And when I got to the United States with my video and my uh, interviews and all of my reporting, it was to hear the New York Times and the Washington Post say that they don't exist and that none of it was true. So I was like having to go through this process of reconciling what was in the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN and MSNBC with my own lying eyes. Right. Uh, as to... As to why they're coming, uh, you know, for usually the usual reasons, um, uh, you know, those are uh, dangerous countries. They have persecution. Most of, of these kind of uh, migrants that are coming from like places like Syria and Iraq are, are fleeing, um, you know, legitimate persecution or war. Uh, the problem is we don't really know who they are, if they're the good guys or the bad guys. And there's a, a vetting issue that goes with that. So it is a national security issue in the fact, in the sense that that we don't know who they are, uh, and in fact, just uh, last week, the Nicaraguans captured two Iraqis and two Egyptians, and on on an American um, warrant or a, an alert that they were ISIS, and that's an ongoing investigation right now. They've turned the Nicaraguans have turned those four over to the Americans for interrogation and interview. And let's just hope that they were just regular old migrants. But my, my sources told me that one of them was um, a, a, the Iraqi. One of the Iraqis was a convicted murderer and had been was supposed to be serving a lifetime in prison. But so what, whether he's, it's the right guy or how he got here is, is a, a, you know, will remain to be seen. You know, I don't know how he got here. I'm not being told how he got here. But um, I mean, I don't think. 
just as an American, I have nothing against people wanting to come to our country, but there's a right way to come. And when you do come, and if you're coming the right way, respect our country, respect our laws, you are now an American. And coming here and bringing with you the traditions or things that you tried, that you were fleeing from, that you left behind, makes absolutely no sense. And I don't think that people should be, should be looked at and said that they're racist or they're prejudiced or they don't like illegal aliens or people that are coming here and reverting back to the old ways of the countries that they're fleeing. It makes, to me, it makes absolutely no sense at all. It defeats the purpose of coming to our great country. Well, I mean, you know, we have uh, laws that are designed for um, application to come here legally. So, right. you know, if you don't get in line and you receive the benefit of um, residency and eventual citizenship here, then you sort of undercut the entire system. There are people who have gone through all the hoops, paid the fees, waited the time, and then they turn around and they watch their countrymen just slip in over the border and get in all the benefits that they that they had painstakingly worked toward themselves right. They in the legal. Right, they waited for it. Then you have these guys that are coming, and you know, just to seek amnesty for to say that hey, we're being persecuted. Then when they get here again, once you're here, you know, why would you fight against a country that welcomed you in? I think of. Ilan Omar, you know, and she's on the Hill now as a representative from Minnesota and some of the rhetoric that's coming from her mouth. And I think we, uh, we allow you to come here. If it wasn't for the United States, you probably wouldn't be around today. But because of our mercy, we said, hey, let these, let these immigrants come here. Let her come here. And this is the thanks that we get. And like you said, it's a threat to national security for those individuals that are coming and we know nothing about them. They just get lost. They walk into the crowd. We don't know what they're doing. And then later on, we find out they were probably part of some terrorist cell. Yeah, listen, I wrote a column uh, uh, maybe the week before last about the Congolese that we're seeing come to the southern border now. We're seeing groups of 300, 400, 20, 50 Congolese coming in. And what I wanted to point out was that and they're just being waved through because the chaos and the breakdown is so complete at our border that we don't even have the opportunity to properly process people from that part of the world. So we're essentially just waving them through. We don't have bed space. We don't. We can't keep them. So we're waving them through. And what I'm arguing is that at least for the Congolese, just hold on a minute. Just wait just a second on the Congolese because... Uh, if you look at country conditions and study country conditions in that part of the world, you have a very uh, rapacious ISIS franchise that is just on the rampage in the eastern part of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, they are an ISIS affiliate. They're slaughtering people left and right. And in addition to the ISIS uh, franchise there, you also have thousands of uh, tribally affiliated militias that are trying to outdo one another in terms of the degree of atrocities that they can commit. Uh, and they're just literally, you know, massacre after massacre uh, all over. So the Congolese that are coming in here 
may very well be fleeing that, that they are victims of that, but they also could be war criminals and they could be people who were persecutors. Right. And we don't know that unless we just say, wait, hold on a minute right. and stop the Congolese at least who, who I'm writing about that are going to be coming here in greater numbers mm -hmm. and try to do some semblance of a security vetting on those guys before you just wave them through. Right. Uh, and, you know, there should be some sense to this. Right. No, Todd, again, tell me, how long have you been noticing this? Have you been writing about this? Well, I've been writing about uh, what we call special interest alien migration for, you know, since 2006. Okay. When I was, when I was a reporter, uh, I've been all over the world tracking the, the, the uh, tracing the migrant trails and right. tracking the migrants on them. Uh, I've been to Syria, Jordan. Uh, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Panama, right. everywhere. So what brought your attention to this? Originally, it was just that it was during the Iraq War, and I was a reporter, and I was hearing rumors that uh, Iraqis were crossing the Texas border. And um, whenever I would try to ask somebody about that, they would say, oh, no, that's a canard, that's a you know, rural legend or myth or something like that. Right. Uh, it turned out to be totally true. We were having all kinds of Iraqis. Uh, and as, as you recall, during the, the period 2005, 2006, we, um, we had a lot of troops over there who were being killed by Al Qaeda. We right. had a very, a very dangerous and violent branch of Al Qaeda there uh, that, that was um, expanding and growing and later became the nucleus for ISIS. So the concern was that if Iraqis could come all the way from a war zone where uh, there are many enemies of American soldiers and we're maybe even creating more enemies every day that we're there, uh, you know, how are they getting here? Who are they? What are we doing about this? And uh, eventually I was able to, uh, by traveling to Syria and spending time with the Iraqi refugees, and in Jordan as well, and then um, working my way all through America, I was able to see how they were doing it, why they were doing it, how much it cost, right. uh, and what the American uh, uh, Homeland Security Enterprise was doing about it. Right. So, just again for my for my listeners, they're probably finding it kind of difficult to say, okay, now how are these individuals coming all the way from Iraq or from the Congolese to Texas? I mean, isn't the State Department who would have to give them a visa? Uh, aren't they looking at this? What about Homeland Security? I mean, they just can't get on a plane and come unless they're assuming someone else's identity. But even with that, they would have to have a visa and that visa would expire. So how are we letting this slip through the cracks? This is definitely a national security that we should want to congress would want to look at and say wait let's put the brakes on this but instead we have judges that are saying no let them come so again the question how are they coming why and you might not can answer this but what are your thoughts why isn't the state department doing anything about it all right so for for let me just start with this that um for example iraqis during the war the typical Iraqi who applied to come for a visitor's visa, uh, for a visitor's visa with the State Department, or who just wanted to come on business, was not going to get a visa during the war. 
Okay. Uh, we have very small caps on that. So, so the legal ways for Iraqis and Syrians and Palestinian Arabs and Democratic Republic of Congo, we have pretty tight uh, caps on issuing visas from those countries. And a lot of them can't even qualify for a visa anyway. So the end okay. run is to hire a smuggler and come over the border and apply for asylum. And in that way, they're just simply arriving uninvited at the border. And under international law and our own laws, we have to admit them because they are applying for asylum. And the asylum backlog is so long that, you know, we let them wait inside the country until they're adjudicated. That could take years and years. By that time, they're either, you know, you know having families and, you know, you're, you're never going to get them out. They can be here for years and years. Um, even after we issue an, a deportation order, they don't necessarily have. Now, how are they doing it? Uh, they do it by hiring international smugglers who are highly specialized in ultra-distance smuggling. You have to keep in mind that there's an Atlantic Ocean between our hemisphere and that hemisphere. But that's a plane flight nowadays. So what you need is documents. You need fraudulent identification. You need fraudulent visas or visas that are purchased over there uh, through bribery. The smugglers understand how to do this. There's a, a, a major industry surrounding how that works. They'll fly into Brazil, Sao Paulo, Brazil usually, or Ecuador, which requires no visas at all. You can fly into Ecuador. In fact, all the Africans are coming in through Ecuador right now because they don't even require a visa. Um, once you land in Ecuador, you come out of the um, airport and you get on a bus and head to Colombia or Peru or whatever, and you make your way to Panama. And uh, that's what I'm writing about now is this the, the, that the African surge is coming right now through Panama, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Honduras, Mexico, Texas. And that's how it works. The whole thing might take a month. It might cost $30,000, $20,000, $50,000. Not everybody can do it, but, um, you know, once one of uh, like a Bangladeshi is in the United States, everybody who lent him money, he's going to sponsor and help family and help poor people come in. It's worth the investment to get one guy in and anchor up. Right. I I think that and you can tell me what your thoughts on it about our laws that or that needs to be changed so that if these individuals are coming here and let's say they produce a child, in my opinion, that child should not be automatically assumed as an American citizen. That happened way back when uh, during slavery for pur purposes that they said, you're born here, you're an American citizen. Mm -hmm. That needs to be revisited. Our State Department needs to look at what they're doing, look at the visas that are coming here, and start monitoring these individuals. Congress, in my opinion, needs to gen up and stop with the backwards and forward and look at how our country is being victimized by these individuals that are coming here. Again, I'm okay with people coming here, if you're coming here for the right reason. But coming here and then creating these cells that are going to destroy the country, why even come? Well,
which is what it's called. Uh, a lot of people agree with him. A lot of people are outraged over it. I'm not sure what that is now. I haven't heard about that in time. Um, that, that might take an act of Congress, Congress that's in or something like that. Um, regarding the kind of migrants that you and I have been discussing for the last little while, uh, the real issue with them is, uh, in my opinion, is security vetting. What are we doing once they reach the border to, to ensure that they're actually deserving of asylum or that they're actually harboring some sort of a plot or that they even have a criminal history? For example, think about Somalis for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had hundreds of Somalis on the border. But from 1991 until very, very recently, there was no nothing. So if you were born in 1992, there was nobody to give you a birth certificate, to give you a driver's license. There was really no government to uh, keep a record system of people that committed rape or murder or anything. So what happens is when Somalis come over the border, it's not like we can just pick up the phone and call Somalia and say, hey, can you run a background check on this guy? There, there are no records, nothing. So we just have to sort of like gamble that he says he's Mickey Mouse and it's true that he's Mickey Mouse. Come on in and apply for and get asylum. And, you know, we've had all kinds of problems with Somalis, with Somalis who have come in over the border. Lots of terrorism problems with Somalis and criminal problems with Somalis that we've let in here. They hide their backgrounds with Al-Shabaab. I have many, many, many cases of that. Uh, But what's supposed to happen, uh, just if I can get one second here, is we do, we have recognized this problem in Homeland Security in the sense that that we have protocols that we're supposed to follow that when migrants from places like Somalia or Iraq or Syria hit the border, we are supposed to stop them and keep them in detention long enough to do a face-to-face, in-depth security analysis and assessment of that person, like with the FBI or an ICE intelligence officer uh, or you know DPS intelligence. We used to do that as well to just kind of get a sense of like, who is this guy? Is his story meshing? Is it true? Can we check back with the the Bangladeshis on this? Can we check, you know, and to run databases and to uh, do a security vetting. But the truth of the matter is, is that most of those uh, special interest migrants coming from these places, they bond out before we ever get to them. So, So nobody is really doing thorough security. And that was before the Central America crisis with the family units. Now it's, it's all bets are off. Nobody has time to touch anything like that. So we're in a particularly vulnerable spot right now. I'm, I'm nervous right now about who's coming in over the border because I don't think anybody's doing any vetting of anybody coming in. Syrians, Iraqis, whatever, Egyptians, uh, Ar- Iranians, I mean, Pakistanis, they're coming. Right. So... It, it does, just listening to you, it does sound like a really rather bleak situation that we're encountering. We have a situation at the current border with Mexico, and then we have people, like you said, from the Congo 
that are coming in from Ecuador, and they're just setting up shop here. And, you know, who knows who these individuals are? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Right. And if they're here, and if they are processed through, and if they get a visa and they're told, okay, it has expired, there's nothing to make certain that they come back to say, hey, I need to review. They can just get lost in the system. Walk into a crowd, a, a crowd, and then that's it. And then, like you said, they start creating families, and the cycle continues. Yeah, you're never going to be able to deport a family with a television camera running anywhere nearby. Right. Uh, you know, just p- picture the 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 picture the emotional scene of uh, you know armed ICE officers dragging kids off to the van, you know, with their parents to go back to their uh, terrible country. So it's just not going to happen. They're here. And, um, you know, mark my words, I don't want to be a, a doomsayer, but, but um, you're going to hear in a year, uh, a, a half a year or a year or two years or whatever, you're going to start hearing about they caught a war criminal right. in, in Illinois from the Democratic Republic of Congo. And how do we know this? Because he knifed a couple of people uh, to death or something like that, or MS-13 or um, maybe even ISIS. So, uh, you know, you just watch. Uh, what's happening now is, you know, there's such a flood in over the border that um, we have no choice but to release them and not know really who they are. And, uh, yeah, we're going to pay for that. We are yep. going to pay. For, our society is going to pay for that on the crime side. Right. Um, yep. One other thing. One other thing I'd like to just mention that, you know, we. We, we haven't had a terror attack on U.S. soil. We've had terrorists and terrorist suspects who have crossed and we caught them right. and prosecuted them for a variety of uh, crimes. But so far, the only one that I know of that's come in and committed an attack was a Somali who crossed over the Mexico-California border and went on up to uh, Edmonton, Canada and, and did a vehicle ramming attack there with an ISIS flag. Uh, that that wounded five people. Um, so I think we've been extremely lucky, and I hope it doesn't happen. But I'll point out that uh, in Europe, I just finished a major study on this. It's not published yet. The uh, migration crisis to Europe from these same countries, Middle East, Afghanistan, Somalia, um, that, that ISIS terrorists slipped into that migration trail as camouflage, and that's how those guys got in. They conducted the Paris attack in 2015, the ones in Brussels, and about uh, 35 other attacks and plots. Uh, 105 terrorists were moved in with those migrants wow. along wow. that trail right in. They applied for asylum. They went. The, the, the asylum process was overwhelmed in Europe, so they had time to incubate plots and, and carry the, these plots out in Europe. So this isn't just theoretical territory where, oh, somebody might, a terrorist might come in over the border. It has happened, and it's happened a lot, and it's happened very recently in our closest allied countries in Europe. This is, this is good. Todd, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to explain this to our viewers. Uh, I've got to have you back because this, there's a lot that's going on here, and I don't, people, don't think people understand the threat to our country at letting these individuals come here undetected or when they do come, they outstay their visa and nothing happens. 
And then years and years pass, and then we found out later on, like you said, that this person was a murderer, some uh, warlord. And, you know, by then it's too late. We've been attacked. So definitely want to have you back to continue this discussion uh, with my listeners. Uh, where can they uh, follow you and learn more about you until I have you back on the show, the podcast? Uh, okay, yeah, a couple places. One is um, I've only been out of the intelligence uh, world for uh, less than a year, but I do have a Twitter account now. Okay. So it's Benzman Todd. It's at Benzman Todd is my Twitter. And um, all of my work you can find at toddbensman.com. It's a, a website that has all of my work uh, over the last year on it. Uh, all of the articles and writings that I've been talking to you about here are on there right now. And my employer is the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. And you can go there and find a bunch more of my stuff. All of my uh, writings and studies are, are there as well. But either one, there's lots of ways to see, to see my, my material. I think that our viewers won't be disappointed. And the last name, it is B as in Ben, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, S as in Sam, M as in man, A as in Apple, N as in Nancy. Yeah, Bensman with a B. Benzman. Great, great. Folks, you've been listening to Right New Network podcast right now. I'm your host, Rob Harper. Join us again, and thank you. All right, thank you. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com.